If someone asked you to retell the Apostle Peter's life story, how would you go about it? Hi, welcome to Great Stories with Charles Morris. My name is Charles Morris, and today I'm sharing the conversation that I had with Ray Bruce. He's a filmmaker from London who has made a documentary that I've been enjoying on the life of Peter. It's hosted by one of my favorite actors who played Agatha Christie's Hercule Poirot and narrated the Jesus Storybook Bible. David Suchet is his name. And in this interview, Ray talks about what goes on into making a modern documentary about one of the New Testament's most iconic figures. And if you want to learn more about how you can get your own copy of In the Footsteps of Peter, the DVD, just visit haventoday.org or click the link in the show notes. And now, let's meet up with Ray Bruce in London. Welcome, everybody, to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris on the west coast of America. Let's go to London right now. And in fact, let's go to Greenwich. Uh, and on with us is a producer. His name is Ray Bruce. Ray, welcome back. It's been one year ago since we had you on this program. And what, what a year we've had. What a year wow. we've had with all its challenges. But it's great to be back. And great talk to talk to you as always. Well, uh, just so we'll give everybody the context for this, um, for our North American listeners, remind us about Greenwich. What's in Greenwich? What makes it important? And I've heard it described as the only village inside London, right there on the River Thames. It is a wonderful old village. Greenwich is very, very old, but we happen to have the prime meridian. Mm -hmm. it is it longitude or latitude? It's zero. <laughs> it goes down that way, to south. That's I think that's right. Yes. And you can actually straddle with a line, as it were, on the ground between your legs. So you're east of the world or west of the world, and that's mm. the line, the line of meridian. And that was located in, or people decided to put that in Greenwich. And mm. it's a great tourist uh, attraction. Which has nothing to do with what we're talking about on the program today, but I, 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 it's quite fascinating to me, and I thought we should lay that out on the table for our listeners. Well, I think there is a connection, actually. Okay. In Peter's story, how he traveled a tremendous distance from east to west, mm. starting life as a fisherman in Galilee, in the eastern part of the Roman Empire, but where does he end up? Where does he make his mark? Apart from making his mark on his journey, he ends up in Rome mm. to the West. Mm. That was me thinking very quickly. Ex 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 exactly. All right. Let me remind our listeners. A year ago, Ray Bruce was on this program. Uh, he is the producer of a, a documentary series. It aired on the BBC called In the Footsteps of Paul. Uh, the host of the documentary was the Jewish but... Believing in Yeshua actor David Suchet, uh, the murder mysteries that he uh, portrayed Hercule Poirot. But the producer was our special guest today. They did another documentary after that, and it's called In the Footsteps of Peter. And I guess what you just said is a good starting point for us. What I so appreciate, Ray, you are a believer in Christ yourself. You do have a Jewish background in your family. But in the documentary, which was done for not only Christians, but a secular audience as well, 
What I so appreciate is that David Suchet carries that through uh, as himself believing the gospel accounts about Peter. Uh, I know he was willing to do that. Uh, were the people who aired this documentary willing to accept that? I, yeah, absolutely. I mean, basically, when they, when we sold the idea to the BBC, they knew David Suchet, you know, a leading actor, and a British treasure, as he doesn't like to be called. Um, mm. But they knew that he was a man of faith. So um, when they saw the proposal, the treatment, it was quite obvious that David was investigating from a faith perspective Mm -hmm. Obviously, we drew upon the Gospels and the Acts of, and, and, and so on. There's, there's other material involved in trying to make sense of the Peter story, other traditions, particularly when Peter gets to Rome. But basically, yes, I mean, you know, it is a faith story. And we had the added value of uh, David Suchet playing the definitive uh, Hercule Poirot, the, the, the famous detective. <laughs> And the, and the other thing that David was keen, he, he, he wants to know what motivates people. As an actor, mm. he mm. spends an awful long time thinking about who are these people? I want to know about them. You know, who was this Poirot? And, and, and on, on all the other parts that he does when he's on stage and so on. So to have a combination of an inquiring mind, to have someone who has faith, and we took him and we went on this remarkable journey that, cro that criss crisscrossed the, Medi well, crossed the Mediterranean, <laughs> as I said, from, from Galilee, lowly Galilee at the east end of the empire, you know, the last outpost of Roman empire. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, tradition has it that he tipped up in Rome. Uh, the biblical accounts has uh, um, uh, Peter coming out of prison in Acts, Mm -hmm. um, and then he, he, he ceases to be. There's nothing more after that. But there, there is the prediction, of course. Jesus himself made the prediction of how Peter would die. Now, yeah. he didn't say it would be Rome, but right. he also made the prediction that Peter would be a martyr for his yeah. faith. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. and that's what church tradition. And I guess, uh, it, it, you know, it's, it's quite interesting, this documentary, uh, which I guess is a couple of hours long, and it's, and it's so insightful. Um, I, I, I remember being there at Caesarea Philippi yeah, watching right. the documentary. Yeah. You and I both have been there many times. Mm -hmm. uh, it's an ancient pagan place of worship. Ah, yes. Children yes. Yeah. were actually thrown into that cave to be sacrificed, and yet the gates of Hades, the gates of hell, yeah shall yep. not prevail. That's yep. where Jesus no doubt spoke that. Yep. And um, and so there in the documentary, you're there. And, and it's interesting where David Suchet leaves being just the documentarian and steps a little more into a theological role on what rock is yep. Jesus talking yep. about building his church. What happened here in this pagan sanctuary was ultimately to become a most significant, if not the most significant moment in church history and a major turning point for Peter. 
In Matthew's Gospel, we read that Jesus brought his disciple to this place, a place where human beings worshipped many gods. And Jesus said, who do you say that I am? And Peter, the wonderful, impetuous Peter, turned around and said, well, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus replied, and I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Look, I mean, look at this rock. It's almost vertical, isn't it? It is. It is, and you can sort of see... Niches where people used to worship. The more I stand in front of this <laughs> rock, the more I realise what a monumental this moment was. Yeah. That you could just skim through these little verses in the book, but here we are. Right. And it's an extraordinary moment in the right. history. It is a place where the human and the natural meet, but some people could say, right, it's where the human and the divine meet also. What would I give for a time machine? Yeah. <laughs> Interestingly, as, as David points out, that uh, uh, he has two names. He has a Jewish name, Shimon. Mm -hmm. He also has a Greek name, Petros, Peter. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, Jesus might have called him Rocky. That's right. That's rock. right. Yes. Yes. Um, uh, it, it's little insights like that that really get the kind of humanity. Because if any, this is why Peter is so important, so important, in the sense that he's no doubt a leading figure uh, within the, the the disciples. You know, when Jesus takes certain disciples away for whatever, you know, like in the uh, ascension, it's Peter's always there. He, Jesus has a, always has a go go at him, you know. Little faith, get me behind me, Satan. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, he really comes in uh, in phrase, in, in, being impetuous and 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 so on. But he was there in terms of the ministry from day one. Yes, um, he certainly was. He denied our Lord. Mm -hmm. He was the first, according to John's Gospel, to see the risen Lord. Um, so he had a tremendous impact on the story. And then when all seems to be lost, uh, Jesus tells Peter, you know, feed my sheep. At the, end of, at the end of John's gospel, yes. And he restores him. And it's over a charcoal fire. Correct. Uh, the same kind of charcoal fire uh, that at the chief priest's courtyard, he denied his Lord three exactly. times. Exactly. And they yes. eat some Peter's fish, which is, if, if you've no doubt had you, it. You, you could still have Peter's fish there today. If only St. Peter had royalties on the number of fish that would be eaten, he would have been a wealthy man. Ray, one of the things I noticed is, is you went to some places where the normal tours to the Holy Land don't go. I'm thinking in particular to that empty tomb that you went, you and David Suchet went to. Uh, tell me about that. Yes, in, there's a place called Akeldama, uh, which I'm sure you were aware uh, is uh, the place in, in terms of the Bible where Judas Iscariot, you know, was hung and, and mm -hmm. uh, where he killed mm -hmm. himself. It's also it's got lots of cliffs. It's to the south of the uh, of, of, of the old old city. And there are lots and lots of tombs there, many from the first century. So as a filmmaker, if I want to give your audience, the audience, a sense of what the tomb 2000 years would have looked like, 
The Church of the Holy Sepulchre is where, you know, that's been all done up and it's overlaid and, and, and so on, it's covered. What I like to go is the, those tombs, raw tombs as they were, and unchanged for 2000 years. Uh, David had never been to one and and he, he was- He was blown away. But by it, you know, because mm -hmm. the tradition of laying the body out and after a year, the body, but the bones are then placed in a bone box and ossuary. Um, but it really gives the viewer a sense of what the tomb 2000 years looked like to get that kind of authentic feel that going back to this idea of trying to make the story three dimensional. I think you get more from going to the, uh, um, a, a tomb that's 2000 years old in, in a cliffside um, mm. that, that, that can speak volumes, I think, in terms of the, of the telling of the story. Archaeologists have found about a thousand rock-cut tombs in and around Jerusalem. And these at Akeldama, just below the old city, are fairly typical. I'm going to go inside one. It's quite light in here. And this, this ledge here is obviously where the body would have been laid out and it would have been embalmed and wrapped around with cloths and they would have laid them out there. The discovery of the empty tomb of Jesus is really very intriguing. New Testament tells us that Mary Magdalene and the other women who went there early in the morning found the tomb completely empty and they ran back to tell Peter and the other disciples. And they thought it was nonsense. But then we cut to John's Gospel and we learned that when Mary Magdalene told Peter and the other disciple whom Jesus loved, we're not quite sure who this other disciple was, a very sort of mysterious person. They ran to the tomb and the other disciple got there first. It was like a running race. Peter got there, joined him, went inside, and they both witnessed these strips of cloth that would be wrapped around the body, just folded in on itself, just, just as though it collapsed. The other disciple looked, and we're told that he believed. Peter, however, left the tomb marveling and wondering about it all. It would seem that he still didn't quite get it. If you just joined us, you're listening to Haven Today. Ray Bruce is a producer. Uh, he's coming to us from London. Uh, we had him in the program a year ago in the footsteps of Paul. And, and now we're putting on the air The Life of Peter and a documentary that Ray produced called In the Footsteps of Peter with David Suchet. Peter is worth not forgetting, right? No, no, I, I, It's worth I, studying. I, at every key moment in the life of Jesus, um, in terms of uh, walking on water, in terms of uh, Caesarea Philippi confessing mm -hmm. you are the Lord, in terms of the transfiguration, in terms of washing Peter's feet, and so on. The big moments, the big gospel moments culminating in the resurrection, Peter is there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, mm -hmm. so it's the gospel writers are one accord on this, as they are on many, many things. But the four mm -hmm. gospel writers have Paul, have Peter front and center when mm. it comes to the Jesus story. And then post-resurrection, when all seems to be lost, Peter, like his other fishermen and friends, go back to Galilee. And what happens? It's Peter that reignites 
the faith. It's reignites the momentum that the Jesus movement starts. And he's a key figure in the Acts of the Apostles. It's not all Paul mm. in Acts. Mm-hmm. The first few chapters are dominated by Peter. Yes. Peter's speech in front of the crowd. To, to me, it's like a mini gospel. The first it, mini it's, gospel. It's the longest <laughs> sermon. Uh, yeah. It's Pentecost, and you can still visit those steps today. And you actually yeah. have those steps that Peter yeah. would have preached from yeah. there in the documentary, too. Yeah. Yeah. What we try and do, it's all this question of making it all stand up making it three-dimensional, make the biblical pages come alive. And we're fortunate to have this, in, this wonderful country, mm-hmm. but you have these incre- this incredible archaeology, you have this, the, these people dedicated to try to make sense of the biblical stories in terms of places and, and monuments and, and, and so on. And to me, that's how you get this kind of th- a more three-dimensional picture if you don't have the privilege of actually uh, like we have of, of going to Israel a lot and and and, uh, and, and seeing the tourist groups and and, and so on so mm-hmm. I think that was David's thing as well what you know where's the history in all this you know where how can we locate the story and how we can nar- narrate the story and and, and 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 make it come alive and where's the faith that comes through yeah, in this absolutely. story too which I think actually does and so let, let let me ask you um what's the significance for the life of peter for us today i think it's called you know what you can be a human being and you can do your best and you can try and do your best but sometimes you fall short mm-hmm. sometimes you're impetuous like peter mm-hmm. was impetuous mm-hmm. It's, 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 or, or when I've talked to people about what, you know, like Christian folk, uh, I remember having a conversation in Rome, which is in the film actually, with one of the um, uh, people training to be a priest. You know, what is there about Peter that you love and you like and appreciate? It's his humanity, hmm. impetuous. And, mm-hmm. and David, you know, he, he gets it. You know, he, we, mm-hmm. we spend time on the Sea of Galilee doing fishing and all that, you know, to get a sense of <laughs> what it means to be a fisherman and, and, uh, and, and what are the characteristics of being a fisherman? How does that apply to his life and his, you know, his future life and, uh, you know, in, in his missionary work and, and so on? And I think there is a humanity there. I think you, you can't have anybody in the Jesus story who commits the worst possible thing Mm. Mm. in denying Jesus. This guy that had known him for three years, that had been his mate, that had seen all those big moments when Jesus's divinity, Jesus's sonship came through and faced with it, he could say, I don't know him. You think, Mm. how can you recover from that? How can you be what you be and you say that? about a guy that you love and you respect because you've given up three years of your life for this man you've given mm-hmm. up a family we know he was married with tradition he says he has a daughter he yes. gave all that up to follow this man so there was he, he was and that's what i rate about him that in spite of all you know uh, you know and all, all you know his you know things he didn't get right He's still up there in the Christian top two, three people. Sure. 
Sure. I, I, that's that's what I think. You know, he was a man on a mission. The resurrection experience persuaded him that Jesus was not dead. And there's something more to be said about this. He's the guy that took it to the Gentile world first. People think mm -hmm. it was Paul that did it. No. Who was the first person to be converted? A Roman centurion who did that? Who had yes. the dream about yes. food? You know, yes, in, yes. In the, the, in the Jesus movement, in, in Christianity, sorry, so the Jesus movement, Christianity, there's, you know, this whole, the, the whole idea of, you know, you shouldn't stumble simply because of observing kosher rules and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So he did it all. And he had, he had the faith to do it all. Uh, in spite of doing some, you know, difficult things, difficult challenges. Well, it, it, it's easy to write Peter off. Yeah. We shouldn't write him off. No. If, you, if, if, if you'd like to read Paul, if you like to study Paul, it's easy to put, to move Peter aside. He wasn't an intellectual. He was just this fisherman, rough and tumble and all of that. And 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 yes, there are those dimensions. Let, let me let me ask you. Let me ask you one last thing here, Ray. Yeah. Um, how did your faith grow from producing a documentary or several documentaries? I have had the privilege over the last 35 years to spend an awful lot of time in the Holy Land and to, to meet people and visit places and discover places mm. and done some archaeological digging in places. It, that land that, that sometimes I call the land of fifth gospel, um, mm -hmm. you put me walking from Jerusalem to Jericho, just down the, towards mm. the Dead Sea in the Judean mm -hmm. wilderness and so on. It's just, uh, what can I say? I mean, uh, every turn in that place, I, I am surprised about, both humbled, surprised and privileged to be in that, in, in that place. And, it, and it's, it's made me question, some of the archeological stuff makes me question, um, but I've always come away feeling empowered in, uh, in terms of faith. Uh, every time I've, and I've been there many times mm. and I adore it. I love it. Mm. I love working with the people. I think, you know, there is, as you may know, a vibrant Christian community within the Palestinian community. Yes. It, it just makes me feel wonderful. Mm. Ray Bruce, my Jewish Christian brother, I want to thank you for joining us here on Haven today. Charles, it's always a pleasure talking to you. It's always a pleasure to revisit uh, stuff that I've done and feel very privileged able to be able to talk about it and hope that people who watch the documentary, you know, get as much out of it as people that made the thing in the first place did. Thank you for joining us on Great Stories with Charles Morris. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Ray Bruce. Remember, if you want to learn more about In the Footsteps of Peter, visit our website, haventoday.org, or follow the link in the show notes. And if you enjoyed this episode, why don't you share it with your friends? And please subscribe or visit our website to sign up for our weekly email that'll keep you up to date with each new episode. Thanks for joining me for Great Stories with Charles Morris.